0: Shooting into the void just sounds too pretentious.
1: Ejaculating into the void, which I think I already—you did already say that—and I,
0: I, I, I would like people to click on this.
2: I don't know if I don't know if you want this to get listened to. Um, I do. So. We could uh, we could just say we're cultural elitists, out of touch with the common man. Texas. You
1: are wearing a scarf. <laughs>
2: we watch movies, we wear scarves. That no, that's it. That's the name of the podcast. We watch, movies, we watch movies. We watch movies, we wear scarves. I don't, even, I, don't even own, I don't even own a scarf.
1: Oh.
0: Well get a scarf. Get a scarf and then this works. Uh,
1: yeah, that's a good. That's that's definitely a good temporary title. Yeah, you know, yeah. We can, yeah. This it can, is, this can is... be added upon if need be, but yeah. That's, yeah. I think that. <laughs> we watch movies. We wear scarves. Yeah. Welcome to We Watch
0: Movies. We Wear Scarves. I'm Sam. I'm drinking um, the Goose Island with the new logo that I already talked about. Even though that's going to get cut out, I don't. I'm not going to talk about it again. I just don't like the new Goose Island logo. I also don't really care for beer. <laughs>
1: We just have a lot. Uh, do. <laughs> I'm Lars. I'm currently drinking a Revolution Brewing Freedom of the Press session sour, and just really enjoying the only kind of beer I like. Yeah, sour
0: with way better can design.
1: Yeah, this is this is True. better can design. There's yeah. like Eagle a Google Claw. Yeah, it's it's crushing news, just specifically news. current events. <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm Juan. I'm currently out of coffee. Ooh, apparently not. Never mind. Some of it spilled. Uh, it's but 10, 5 I, p.m. Juan is
1: drinking coffee. Yeah, yeah oh. what, what the fuck? I thought you I, just I, had beer in there. Like no, I've, I've been up <laughs> since... I've, I've,
2: <laughs> well, I've been up since like 6 in the morning, so I, I, I almost fell asleep on your floor again. Um, oh, because that cause cause floor, never happened. Yeah, never. Floor, floor is king. Floor is home. Floor is home. Floor is home. Floor is king. Um, but... This, <laughs> I was drinking coffee out of a mug that Sam got from Odd Obsessions. Uh, shout which out is to
1: Odd Obsessions. Not a sponsor, but you should sponsor them. Uh-huh. You uh, should
0: sponsor. We're not going to ask them to sponsor us because they don't need to. They need the money.
2: They shouldn't be paying people yeah. to give them shout outs. Uh, but yeah, this. I'm out of coffee, so I'm probably going to switch over to beers soon. Um, we have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm one. I, I'm wearing a scarf right now. Indoors. Indoors. Yeah, it wouldn't be pretentious if you were wearing it outside. But you're wearing that scarf.
0: We were outside. We were outside. Was that point. scarf on when you went outside?
2: Would it or be no, funnier no, no, if it wasn't? Before, before <laughs> we went, but Was that scarf on, before we went outside. Would it be funnier if it wasn't?
0: Truth, man, it's all in your mind.
1: Oh my <laughs>
0: Well, what I was going to say is, have you guys, uh, other than the movie we're planning on talking about, have you watched
1: any movies? Yeah, we watched The Raid together the yeah, other night. We watched we did. The Raid, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: I watched The Raid, or we watched The Raid, and then prior to that, I had just finished watching Chronos, uh, which I was telling Lars about. Um, and I knew nothing going into that movie, and I was very, like, satisfied with uh, not only just like the the story itself but like the practical effects mhm um and perfect yeah it was like for 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 it to be like his directorial directorial debut like it was just like it it's kind of cool seeing where his career has gone from that from Chronos like it cuz uh like just all the the style choices that he uses like uh and then like kind of homages to to Kronos in, in like his other films like uh
1: it's Guillermo del Toro yeah. right yeah. yes it is
2: Guillermo yeah. del Toro so like the the little girl in Pan's Labyrinth like almost identical to the little girl in Kronos uh Ron Perlman has like a really funny like running joke uh or his character I should say has like a really uh funny running joke throughout the throughout the film where like he's just constantly asking people like how his nose job is <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um <laughs> But yeah, I would definitely recommend giving that a watch. Um, Word. It it kind of, I would say it's more of like a vampire film towards the end because you kind of like.
1: I'm done with that. Yeah, you
2: you get a little bit more like background on like what what the this machine is that uh, the film is centered on, which is like trying to find a way to extend someone's life for eternity, and um, like I didn't know what anything could. What that could have been other than just like, a a vampire movie like it okay. really just falls under that category.
1: Uh, and what do you think of the raid? I mean, I think the raid is the best action movie of all time, you, and I you, I showed it to Juan. You
2: summed it up perfectly before we went into that film, which is just from start to beginning, balls to the wall, like you, <laughs> like. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Yeah, it it is full pace. And then, like, once that ball starts rolling, you're going down a fucking hill. Like, you're just, like, full gear.
1: You exclaimed multiple times. You were just like, whoa! Whoa! Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> While we were yeah. watching it, I like we were gonna watch it, and then I was like, "No, we got to go to the liquor store. This is a movie you want to have a drink during." Oh yeah. And we took a, a cigarette pause in the middle because it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It's it's really intense, and like, it, I don't. The action scenes in that movie, I don't think I. Are I there can...
0: action scenes in the movie, or is it just one
2: giant? It's actually There are action set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Matt, okay. Mad Dog, hands down, like the shittiest person, but also my favorite character in that movie. Just Probably. because, just because he's like he's in Star that Wars that, uh, of Long Force Air? Awakens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The I I don't get a rush from killing people with bullets. I get a rush from killing them with my bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> I liked you talking about. I liked you talking about. Uh,
0: Kronos and Guillermo del Toro because to uh, transition Oh, it's, that, that was a about, perfect transition horror. I thought um,
1: The body horror <laughs>
0: Well I'm gonna have I noticed this in my notes as we are discussing the film that uh, we're about to discuss um, I'm gonna have a lot to say about the newest Guillermo del Toro movie Okay Shape of Water? Yes Okay, I still I haven't have seen, have it, yeah, I can, seen it, but I either. can
1: understand where, I mean, yeah. I only know the premise of A Shape of Water, but I can um, understand where you
0: would... So yeah, I picked the movie this week, and we watched David Cronenberg's The Fly, because <sighs> the uh, scenes of grotesque body horror uh, in <laughs> District 9 uh, brought that movie up, and not near. My week to pick the movie... <laughs> This was a whole nother level, though, um, Ooh, and I'm just going to pick. start out by saying okay. I had never seen this movie before. You had never seen this movie before. This About is Swan... probably
2: my third time watching this. No? this. So, yeah, I don't know how much of
0: this you'd... When, when the time previous to this was, this was not at all what I was... It, it was what I was expecting, but there were a lot of elements to this film that... I was not expecting and I guess I'll say this before I go into the plot but this film was at least trying to be primarily a love story yeah. oh oh absolutely I, yeah that was yeah. the
1: thing I wasn't expecting mm-hmm. um, I was there for the like body horror and creature stuff I thought it would be I thought like the middle 30 minutes is what I thought the entirety of the film would be
0: mm-hmm
1: yeah or even this the second
0: and third act mm-hmm The character names in this, I I know Seth Brundle, but like the character
1: names in this are insane. The Brundlefly? Yeah, the The Brundlefly. I mean that's Uh, also the way that Gina Davis spells her name is fucking insane. Gina (laughs) what happened to Gina Davis? I don't know. She is
0: so goddamn beautiful in the eighties and like everything, and I'm like watching her in this movie, I'm like, you're She
1: gave birth to a larva and fucking died. Did Did she
0: die? That's sad. Um So, Jeff Goldblum um, plays Seth Brundle, a
2: uh, scientist of some sort. They never really specified what kind of scientist he yeah, was. Yeah, he, he even kind
1: of like, says... He's a vehicle-hating scientist. That's that is what true. he is. He is hates true. vehicles. I, I
0: connect to that on a personal level. I do, too. Um, I also get motion sick. I was like, my God. Sort of a jack-of-all-trades, just general scientist. He even says... He's like, well, I don't understand. Like, I just order the parts... And use the parts to put it together.
1: <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that's kind of how at, Cronenberg does it. it. Like, it's this is definitely more of a horror than a sci-fi, where like there is a way to make this movie where you could go more sci-fi than oh, horror. Yeah. But Cronenberg is a primer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um you, Yeah. <laughs> so
0: Jeff Goldblum as Seth Brundle, uh, we we open on the movie and he is flirting with Gina Davis's Veronica Quayf. <laughs> is
1: that it? I think it's Quafe. I think it's Quaife. Um You don't really say her last name very much.
0: He tells her that he's working on something that's going to change the world. She's a reporter for a popular uh, scientific a particle, magazine. Particle magazine, magazine, which I thought was really funny. Um, <laughs> he brings the her back editor. to his warehouse loft and shows her. And the... it's not
1: 2019. That's not cool. Yeah, no, this is, <laughs> yeah. is
0: sketchy. She's like, I. She even says, like, I should maybe leave. Um he shows her the she matter sh- transportation matter transporter ma- matter transporter machine uh that he has been working on. Um she brings it back to her editor and
1: this is who's this is who's the vanity license plate is particle. Right. And also <laughs> I did
2: not catch that. That's hilarious.
1: This
0: character's name is Stathis Borns. <laughs> The editor. The editor, yeah. The only
1: other character in the movie. The only other character in the movie, really, yeah. Um, uh, He plays, he's got multiple hats. He's the editor, he's the ex-boyfriend, he's... He's sort of the, like, Jack from King Kong type of character.
0: He is the... Gina Davis brings this story back to her editor, who calls her crazy, um, and then also shows up at her apartment later, because apparently... uh, To take a
1: shower. Yeah, Yeah. he's her ex-boyfriend
0: with no boundaries... (laughs) At all, and like she's like she doesn't like him, but also seems to have no problem with the fact that he has no boundaries. Um, you no, know she makes him give the key back. She then starts uh, writing a story on Seth Brundle. Uh, he, she is videotaping him as he is trying to figure out how to get living matter to be able to be transported back and forth. Um, her editor. threatens one night to uh, threatens one night to print the story before they are finished uh, as sort of this weird power move over her as Yeah, yeah. She leaves to go see him without telling Seth Brundle. Uh, Veronica leaves to go see him and confront him about this. He knows, Seth Brundle knows where, oh by the way at this point they have fallen in
1: love. Yeah, they 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 do a bit of
0: Yes, they have they have been intimate. Um, she I he leaves established that. to go uh,
1: confront points. <laughs> it sounds like fucking Staphisbrath. Yeah, it does sound like. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Staph infection, but oh my god, um,
2: they're both the same thing. She leaves Yo, to go tell him.
0: Um, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Seth Brundle. Sort of in a drunken, self deprecating rage, uh, decides that he's just gonna go through now. Uh, he gets in the matter transporter. It works successfully, but what has gotten into the matter transporter with him? A fly. And the way the matter transporter works is that uh, it basically analyzes everything that is in there and recreates it, but it doesn't know how to tell the difference between two separate objects, and so his DNA has been fused with the DNA of a fly. <clears throat> Genetic splicing. And over time, he starts to become a fly, and Gina Davis, uh, as Veronica Quaife, um, is sort of trying to help him, but doesn't really do much to try to help him.
1: She's there for She's him. She's there for him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is a
0: love story more than it is anything else. Yeah. Uh, and uh, nothing can be done to stop it. Eventually, uh, he becomes a fly. And with the help of uh, Stannis Baratheon... Um, with a staff infection. She has to make the tough choice. And she pulls the trigger on... What has now become Brundlefly? Because I so I watched this with our uh, mine and Lars's roommate Jamie and his brother John. Ugh, we watched this together. Be? I did, and uh, I think we all agreed that this quote might be
1: the most. Badass oh, I have thing. so many quotes written down. Yeah,
0: <laughs> have you ever heard a more badass quote in film history than "I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it, but now the dream is over and the insect
1: is awake." <laughs> like, there are so
0: many... This
1: is really... It's one of the most quotable films I've ever seen. And I i, I mean, my biggest impression, my biggest takeaway, was I didn't realize how funny this was going to be. Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to laugh because body horror, uh, I'm a sicko, and I just find it amusing. And so I... I, I Giggle with, like, a schoolboy's joy when, like, somebody's head fucking explodes and something. Like, that's that's my stuff. So I thought that I would laugh at, like, some 1980s gore effects. Mm-hmm. I thought I might laugh at the occasional Jeff Goldblumism, But, oh. like, there are jokes in this movie. Yeah. You know? There are jokes in this movie. But it's so funny. <laughs> I think what made it the funniest, though,
0: I was looking back at his... I was looking back at what he had done before it. I had written it down. He had...
1: You're talking Goldblum? Well, I'm talking Goldblum. I think He was so funny. This yeah. was probably
0: the first movie that
1: Goldblum got to go full Goldblum. Yeah. Because I thought
2: the... His delivery in this was like perfect. Like the, the this It's
1: I mean it's the Goldblum delivery. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm.
2: Um the the one scene where he's just like, I got one word for you. Cheeseburgers. That yeah, I have yeah. that one written. Yeah. Down. <laughs> like yeah. it's just like it. Line to line I think Jeff Goldblum just really like he's the one who steals the show in this. Um oh, for sure. And it My like, favorite
1: line of his is right when he tries to transport the monkey and Gina Davis looks at him, she goes, What are you thinking? And the monkey's just like a bloody mess. And he just goes, Fuck is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: um there are a lot of elements to this film to but, like, what were you expecting going into this?
1: I was expecting... So, I had never seen it before yesterday. Um, I'd heard about it. I mean, I've, this Blu-ray, which Juan bought, has been in my possession for well over a year at this point, and I just hadn't watched it. You know, he brought it over to me and was like, you fucking watch this movie. And it just sat on my shelf until we were like, all right, we're going to watch it. But, uh, you know, I expected, essentially, like the middle probably the last like 40% of the movie I thought was going to be the whole thing minus the love story. I really thought it was basically just going to be like Jeff Goldblum alone in a fucking warehouse, just like slowly turning turning into a fly. And I mean the biggest thing that I was expecting or that I thought, uh, I don't know if it was an expectation. I think it was just a misconception. I thought that, uh, it was Jeff Goldblum's, like, before watching the movie, I thought it was his intention to turn himself into a fly. Really? So I thought it was going to be more of, like, a mad scientist thing. My, my impression was, like, Jeff Goldblum wanted to become an insect or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's not the case. It's an accident. It is. A happy accident. accident.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, that's very similar to what I was expecting. Um, I, I knew it was going to be an accident. That much I knew. Uh, I was expecting... I'd love to see a
1: movie where a guy intentionally does this to that, himself. Yeah, that would be,
2: that would be, that would
0: be really fun. What I was expecting was that the actual accident would happen much closer to the beginning than it actually did. Yep. And It that... also takes
1: a long time for it mm-hmm. to really, like, take effect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I knew it was going to be an accident. I was expecting that most of this movie was actually going to be him trying to figure out how to cure himself. And he seems to figure out pretty early on that he can't do that. And this is just watching him decompose physically and mentally uh, in a way that makes me think I don't necessarily think David Cronenberg has issues. I think David Cronenberg has this obsession with the human body That's where obviously true. You see it in this movie, you see the high points and the low points. Like it's really the, I think he has this love for the at least at this point in his career. I have not seen the later career ones. I know that they are different.
1: They're just kind of um, they're just more like regular movies. Okay. You know like anyone like uh, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, they're both great movies, but they're like, you know, any competent director could have made them. We're like, this is a movie that only David Cronenberg mm-hmm. could have made. Um Allegorically, I see this movie as
0: lots of things, um Oh. I see this a lot as a fear of aging. Ooh. Like David Cronenberg, someone who Aged is very super gracefully as by the way. obsessed Mm. with the human body as he is you see the human body at its high points I mean oh yeah when he's doing like all this gymnastics Jeff Goldblum does like a gymnastics routine in this movie I mean Jeff
1: Goldblum's Um, always looked hot but there's that he's got some very hot scenes in this film he got well he got hired on Jurassic Park
0: because he was supposed to be the sex appeal of the movie and I'm like what and then I saw this movie and I'm like wow he is he is fit he is obviously he's charming. Like I can see why people
1: think Jeff Goldblum's hot. Do you not think Jeff Goldblum is hot? I don't think of him as hot. I think of oh, him as oh my like, god, I, Jeff Goldblum is a sex symbol. Do you see how he talks to people? I think that man could fuck anything. I'd
2: fuck Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, like, like yeah. I think, okay. I, okay. and
1: I mean consensually. Like yeah,
2: yeah, no, I, I know,
1: I like think. I think he could persuade anyone of any creed. Or he <laughs> any creed,
0: you see the human body at its high points, and then you see it deteriorating. D- d- deteriorating. You also see this mental deterioration that happens over time, um, until he becomes something that is no longer recognizable as human.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it especially works on that level with the Gina mm-hmm. Davis character because, like, at a certain point pretty closely after he starts pulling off his own fingernails like there's a point where uh, Seth Brundle doesn't even recognize the level of grotesque he's becoming and so like one time Gina Davis comes over and he's like half fly and he's trying to like eat some cookies but he can't eat them so he has to vomit like weird fly juice on the cookies and then like absorb the vomit cookies Mm. and uh it's it's not until she's there that he does it, and he looks at her and he goes, "Oh, this is gross, isn't it?" <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, you know. There's a certain point where he doesn't even recognize how gross the transformation is, both in like a disgust sense and grand. It's sense. I,
2: what I did like about uh, just the character uh, as he's going through this transformation. Like he's kind of holding on to pieces of him that are falling off as like relics. And he's like, mm. he's storing them in his. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it really fits well with like your aging uh, allegory about how like, you know, when people start to age, they kind of start reminiscing on like the the aspects of the like their facial features that made them like younger. Mm-hmm. Like with women, with like crow's feet, they don't really okay. like having that like wrinkly yeah. section. So I don't know that I, men with balding, I, men <laughs> with balding. Yeah,
0: um, I would say that like when I hear the term even though I had never seen this before, when I hear the term body horror, this is the film that I think of. Like, if, yeah, before film, seeing this movie, I yeah. thought the exact same thing um, too.
1: So... I wouldn't consider what, most of it body horror. I think there is a lot of body horror, but I think it kind of well, there, goes into like more monster.
0: Is there a body horror film? Because like the effect is not in... Like the final form of the monster you only see for a while... It is about the transition. Yeah. yeah. Like a visceral reaction. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, I didn't have anything that scared me on like a psychological level, you know, watching, I mean, outside of the like actual visual body horror shit. Okay. Um, I mean, I thought when I was watching it that it was, it was all an allegory for STDs. Yeah. Yeah. Works too. That's uh, kind of what I thought. I mean, Jeff Goldblum essentially goes through what I would assume happens to a penis if you have like <laughs> some ridiculous disease. I don't know. I'm not a sex guy. Go ask a sex guy. So if you...
0: then, did you, did, did did either of you guys see this as an effective horror film?
1: Mm, no,
2: no. <laughs> uh, okay. I thought it. I thought it definitely fit the drama. Genre a little bit more uh partly no entirely because of the whole the the romance plot
0: okay Um, well then before we get into that was this
1: a good monster film yes Yes. okay yeah monster film doesn't have to be a horror film yeah Mm
0: -hmm. when this
1: so that's why you're gonna draw the comparison to uh shape of water yeah yeah, because i'm i mean i still haven't seen it but i would assume that's definitely more of a monster drama than a monster horror um What did you guys think was effective about the monster, then? I mean... The the practical effects, Mm -hmm. the performance of Jeff Goldblum in some of the earlier stages when it's more him transitioning.
0: I mean, I guess that's a good point. That isn't necessarily what makes... What is it that makes this movie work? Because you're right. Like, I didn't see it as a horror film, and it is a good monster movie, but when I think of, like, iconic movie monsters, I'm not... Well, because it, it's not Fly. well,
1: it's not about the monster. It's about becoming, becoming the monster. The monster. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's what is. So, like, what what did you feel
2: watching this movie? Uh, unsettled. Okay. Oh, oh! I was very
1: creeped out by. Uh, I was going to eat breakfast and then didn't eat for like two more hours after it because I was like, yeah. "No
0: fucking way." Okay. Well, then that kind of visual, like, visceral response. Isn't that kind of visceral response of like, this is making me feel scared of something, even if it's like that? Like, did you? I don't know. What? This is. Would you say that you weren't scared if you couldn't eat
2: while watching it? The second time I was about to eat. I was
1: disgusted. I wasn't scared.
2: Yeah, this is like the second time I was about to eat while watching a Cronenberg film. The first one was Dead Ringers. Like, we were were about to eat the. what were we eating that day I don't even remember presumably but pizza. It was pizza yeah it might have it, it might have been pizza we... yeah but like this is the second time while I, I, I was eating I almost brought a pizza home from work and yeah. the the I was cheese like like
0: sliding off of it Ooh.
1: <laughs> Ooh. I was gonna bring a pizza home from work and then I was like no I should just leave I'm not gonna stand here for another 15 minutes wait for a pizza and I came home and there's fucking pizza <laughs> eat pizza at work? No. Here. Oh no, I saw their.
0: Okay. Oh. They helped me move the desk, so I ordered pizza. Um. Yeah. No, this is definitely. I mean, I. I guess that unsettling, that like kind of grossness. That works for me as far as a horror film. Like I feel like a horror film because I have like a visceral reaction to that level, mm. because I walked in and I had watched it. Juan was watching it out in the living room. I was working on the desk stuff because I had watched it a couple nights ago. But I walked in with a slice of pizza and saw... I don't even know what scene it was at the time and immediately it was it like... It was like, uh, I the fingernail scene,
2: yeah. Like, he was yep. like, yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That was... I think I wrote... I know I wrote my responses to the fingernail thing. Um, oh. Fingernails. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> why do
2: you think watching that makes you sick though? Um, I, I think it a lot of it has to do with just like the extent of how far it goes because like even with because I've seen fingernail scenes we like talked about before. one
1: fucking last week District 9 has yeah, seen fingernail yeah. scenes but
2: I think what makes this stand out from that scene is that like the the added layer of like the grotesque like the pus that like shoots out as soon as he's like pulling out yeah. his fingernail and like we didn't see that in district nine it was just like straight up just the, the fingernail just comes off here mm-hmm. he's like he's going into detail of like what would happen if you were ex your gene your DNA was actually like splicing together with right. a fly and like you had all that like well and new I, stuff and isn't that, there's out.
1: also like a disinterest that he has while ripping off his fingernail mm, yeah. like a like like when in district nine when Vickis is pulling his fingernails off like he is horrified. While he's taking his fingernails off, he's looking at himself in the mirror. He's freaking out. Right, where like Jeff Goldblum's doing it in way more of a like sad sati- or not satisfaction, like an interest. You know, he's just like, oh, 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 I guess I can. I guess I'm just losing these now. Yeah, I mean that is what happens. And that he makes starts it to... way more unsettling.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's. That's why I think I would still call this... That's why I think the term body horror exists and why I would still call it that is because they are able to present it in a way where not only... I feel like the reason why we have that visceral reaction is because we are thinking about what that would be like if it was happening to us and Mm -hmm. feeling scared of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also watching him take it so matter-of-factly, take it so acceptingly, like, oh yeah, this is natural. That, I think, is why I would say it works as a horror film. Yeah. In those moments.
1: I mean, I think, I guess it works as a horror film. I don't think of it as a horror film, first and foremost. Like, I think it is a horrifying film. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, I mean, the core of it is a love story, Yes. The core of it is, you know, Veronica trying to, you know, console and help Seth however she can up until she can't. Um,
0: yeah. I did. I did some research on this movie when I was bored at work. Um, there's a lot to go into here, but uh, the original script. Um, the guy that wrote the script. Uh, uh Charles Pogg. He was he had wrote written the script.
1: I oh, saw Cronenberg has a writing credit on here too. Cronenberg
0: has a right Cronenberg has the final writing credit, and he actually thought to keep this guy's idea in because initially he had written this script. Uh 20th Century Fox wanted it did not like the idea of this movie being about the transition. They wanted it to be more like the original, and the original is there is no in the from the fifties with Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. There is no transition. This isn't. No, there is no slowly him becoming a fly. This guy basically has the head and the arm of a fly. Uh, he can only communicate by like typing out things uh, to his wife, and he is trying to track down the fly that has switched
1: his head and body with mm. him. Um,
2: Hmm, that's a completely different movie. Yeah, yeah that, and
1: so th- yeah, the, the transition is the movie mm-hmm, in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, um, I mean, he never really reaches final form.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess
1: he reaches like what is almost a fly.
2: He gets an exoskeleton. That thing at the end, like he gets the, the thing at the, the end is like half
1: machine though. Well, that's at the very yeah, end. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, uh, he
0: uh... anyway, so. Charles Pogg writes this script, 20th century isn't going to do this money, uh, they want to still do, they they aren't going to put the money up. they want to still do, uh, they want to still do the film that he had written, so um, one of the producers goes to his good friend uh, Mel Brooks over at Brooks Film. Oh, I have that
1: written down too, um, I, that Mel Brooks is a producer, and he like kept his name out of it for as long as possible so people wouldn't think it was like a joke.
0: Yeah. Um, I wonder if he did the same thing with The Elephant Man. Because I know he produced The Elephant Man.
1: That sounds about right. Um,
0: uh, That's Mel a cool guy. Mm-hmm. decides to fire Charles Pogg and bring in a new screenwriter. Um, and uh, that screenplay ended up not being that good, so they rehire this guy Charles Pog. They Yay. had also hired some director. I wrote down his name. Robert Bierman, and the only thing I recognized on there uh, that he had done was Vampire's Kiss. The Nick Cage... I'm a, a vampire! vampire! I'm a vampire! And I'm like, that's weird. Uh, Cronenberg had been their first choice. Uh, Cronenberg was busy. Cronenberg, had, w- at that point, was writing his 12th draft of the Total Recall film that he wanted to make before Paul Verhoeven picked that up. Cronenberg um, hmm. can't figure out how to do Total Recall. Uh, Robert Bierman's daughter dies, and Mel Brooks lets him out of his contract to uh, go in for a bereavement. That's um,
1: that's nice of him, all right. Yeah,
0: and uh, David Cronenberg gets brought on to do this. He changes some things about the script, but keeps most of the bones of it intact um and he basically changes who the characters are and their dynamic but everything else about the story for the most part remains the same um and uh he um david cronenberg they're like oh we're gonna just say this was written and directed by you but because it was the bones of it uh david cronenberg tells them that he wants to keep charles pogg on
1: no, as a writing correct. credit. Hell um, yeah. I
0: like yeah. that. As far as our two leads go, both of them are fantastic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Goldblum gets the award for the actual performance, whereas I think Veronica, I know we were talking about this earlier. I feel like that the story of the film is her story. Yeah. Like I think oh, as yeah, a yeah. character she really she really drives the whole thing drives the whole movie what did you guys think of them what did you guys think of the romance between the two of them as what was supposed to be pushing the movie forward
1: uh underdeveloped yeah
2: definitely there was a certain point where I was like there are a lot of jumps uh in between like just you seeing their relationship start to develop and Mm -hmm. like there's I know there's like there's scenes where she's videotaping him and he's, like, going through, like, all these different, like... uh, He's just kind of taking her through the process of this experiment and then, like, all of a sudden it just cuts to them, like, in bed together and you're like, okay, how did we get to this point? Because it it just... It feels like it just jumps. Yeah, I felt... Um, I
0: couldn't tell how long was going. mm -hmm. Like, how long the first act of the film took place. Place like i could not tell how much time was supposed to pass between them starting the experiment and then getting to where he made the jump himself you yeah know? yeah i
1: mean one of the things just looking over my notes because i knew i wrote a note when they their first like moment of intimacy happens when she moves from being a journalist into you know being romantically involved with old Brundlefly. excuse me um and I literally wrote down, this woman has no journalistic eff- or ethics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that and that, and that, that. that is something she's I... She's literally, like, she's videotaping him, and she puts it down, and she goes into his closet, and she goes, wow, you just have five sets of the same suit? And it's like, oh. <laughs> They're now going to fuck you. There there, there, are, there are a lot
2: of tropes in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, not only just for her character as as a journalist but like also Jeff Goldblum's character as a scientist like when that scene where she opens up the closet and she's like you only have five sets of or you have like the one suit but like just in five different sets and he goes yeah I learned that from Albert Einstein I just didn't want to like have to put too much thought in what I wear every single day Mm -hmm. Uh, and then with her like there's this one scene where she's in the office with the editor and she's like I'm right in the middle of it and I'm like that's like a classic journalist trope in a movie mm-hmm. to make an argument like you can't take yeah. me off this project
0: Well, there was a lot of there was a lot about this movie that was to me feeling like it was homaging these old monster movie at the core of the movie it is a woman choosing between the man she is actually in love with versus the man who is around and she might not be very in love with but has not gone through this horrible mutation that has made him go crazy mm-hmm. like I have not seen the original fly but I have seen the original invisible man and would imagine that it is very similar to this movie um, as far as the love triangle that is kind of If I,
1: I didn't understand why this was a love triangle because <laughs> yeah no, I mean outside of like at the end when he like tries to save her there is nothing that fucking Stannis the Staff Baratheon is doing. that You know, like, besides breaking into her house to take a shower. Like, yeah. he, he is not a good dude. You... I mean, I despised him mm-hmm. up until mm-hmm. the end. And, like, at the end, I don't... I wish he died. <laughs> like, still. I was like, damn, I kind of wanted... I wanted the Brundlefly to kill somebody.
0: Yeah. But, of course, that's not what it's about. Um, I'm just a sicko. There were a couple scenes that got cut out of this. And then they cut out. This wasn't the original script. Mm. Uh, the last scene of the movie is supposed to be uh, her and and uh, Stanis, staff infection the staff having, infection, having had a uh, after she has had an abortion of. The Brundle baby, uh, her and this guy have had a child of their own and are, like, happy and together. Which, by the way, uh, good on this movie. Um, she goes to talk with him. Like, like she goes and talks with him, and, like, is tr- you can tell she's trying to assess something and then walks out and she's like, no, I need to have this abortion. Like, it's a... For 1980... Like, yeah, I get that it the 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 reason why it was in there is the possibility that it was gonna be a maggot baby. But like it, it shows a woman making a choice. Like yeah. it shows her yeah. like And going, being respected for both making the sides. choice.
1: Yeah. Like the doctor's okay with it. You mm-hmm. know? I mean it takes some persuasion, but the doctor's like, Okay, I'll do it. Fucking Yeah. Stannis is like, I'm down. Yeah, nineteen
0: eighty. Six, yeah. something like that. Um yeah, that's yeah. 86. Yeah. Uh, but um
2: yeah, I, uh, that was something that I had actually made a note about, about how, like, just, you know, comparing this to, to Dead Ringers, like, Cronenberg, the the two, those two films put, like, if put together, uh, that, men, like, men in the movie, move, those two movies are just, like, complete assholes, and, like, the women are just really going through, like, the brunt of it, um, so I I don't know. I I thought that was just a really like interesting yeah like thing about uh two movies.
0: I understood everything that Veronica, all of her decisions, I understood those. I I thought that her motivations for okay, this horrible thing is happening to the person that I love um I, like every decision that she made throughout the movie, I understood. Um even I understood her not like, being hesitant about pulling the trigger at the end, I really felt like we were missing them actually showing any chemistry at the beginning when they were supposed to be falling in love. That's they'd
1: exactly take... what I mean when you asked earlier and I said underdeveloped. Yeah. It was they, like, yeah, they just jump right into...
0: They, like, jump right into it. And they take 30 minutes to pretty much just develop, Okay, like, this is what he I am working on. Oh, we're falling in love. That's pretty much all they have to do in the entire first act before he starts to become the fly, and I feel like they didn't really do that. Like, yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk about The Shape of Water, because I feel like The Shape of Water is able to do that, and there's no dialogue between the uh, human and monster that are falling in love with each other. Monster movie. like I wanted to feel like... I, I wanted to sympathize with Gina Davis more...
1: Yeah, i think
0: there were ways that they could have done it
1: better well it's 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 almost like the movie's core fails or it doesn't fail but the core doesn't you know hold as much water as one should but Mm -hmm. all of the extremities make up for it
0: what do you guys take away from this as far as how this helps you grow creatively Uh, like what lessons do you learn from it
1: I mean I think the biggest lesson I learned which is something I kind of already thought but was like reinforced heavily is that if you're going for legitimate shock value if you're going for legitimate horror it is always better to go with practical over CGI it's always better to have a real puppet to have real shooting fake blood even though it doesn't look as real it is more believable Based on uh, the the actors actually interacting with like a physical thing, and as well as like you you know you can tell your brain can tell when like a blood splurt is fake, mm-hmm. and uh, the the practical effects and just the like makeup I thought was so effective, and it was just you know miles better than any sort of like weird CGI thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, he looks, at the end of this movie, he almost looks like a prawn from District 9. And oh. the prawns in District 9 are all fucking CGI. And they, they're they good. The CGI yeah. in that movie's good. But, like, I would have rather had all those prawns be more cartoony looking, but actual, like, you know, puppets or yeah. makeup. Senor Toledo? Uh,
2: for me, I think it was just how strong of a char- character... Uh, Gina Davis was like just her as a vehicle to be able to move the the entire plot of the movie just forward. Um, I thought that was because like for for me uh, comparing it to Dead Ringers, like what I, I didn't really like about uh, the main character in that movie. I can't remember the name of the actress, but like for, uh, most of it was just the 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 gynecologist, the two twins, uh, kind of. Bobbing, bobbing, and weaving their way around, like how to, like, get this woman to be okay with fucking
1: them yeah, both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: But but this one, it was just really cool because she was, it, it was, like, a lot of the times she was in control. Like she, she had more power than Seth did at like at, throughout several parts in this movie where I thought like she she really was what was keeping this movie going. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, uh, I thought she had a really strong character. I thought, um, in terms of like being able to develop a a believable story based on one character itself was really good. Um, but yeah, I think that, that, that was my biggest like takeaway and of being able to like how how you can create a character that. Essentially, will just move the thing, the movie forward for you, mm-hmm. without really having to put an emphasis on like establishing relationships between Seth and and Gina Davis, mm-hmm. um, which is why I I don't think it I, it didn't bother me as much as it did that their relationship was underdeveloped because I I really just thought Gina Davis was like that compelling of a character.
0: Yeah, and I think. To
2: piggyback off that, what I took away from
0: it, because I did think that her character was driving the narrative, um, in order to be able to, I think any effective horror movie is you need a vehicle like that, like you need someone to be experiencing what you are seeing through their eyes and i think not only what is supposed to be as horrific about this is not only what's happening to goldbloom but the fact that seeing this happen to a loved one um i think what's so important in order to be able to empathize with both of them is to really feel this like deep, intense love that they have for each other that that just didn't happen. So maybe taking time to really allow them to explore their intimacy instead of just jumping forward in time the way that they did, all of a sudden it seems like they have developed their relationship far enough to the point where she is willing to just keep going she's willing to just keep going forward and keep trying to help him. Um, I think we need to see more of that sort of intimate development. And like that's an important thing to be able to write
1: in. Uh, who would you guys... Do you have something to say? No, I was just trying to pull up the IMDb for this film, but my phone wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I... Do I still have it up? Uh, it doesn't matter. Um... I do uh, who
0: what, who, who, would you guys recommend this movie to?
1: Um, so I would you know similarly to how I classified uh, District 9 as pretty essential viewing for uh, modern sci-fi fans I would call this essential viewing for any horror fans out there but I would also recommend this one to you know anyone who's really looking for like a offbeat drama, because I think that's more of what it is. I think it's more about the actual transition and the character growth, and while there is a lot of horrifying stuff in it, and while it is unsettling, uh, I think I would recommend it to anyone who's looking for, you know, a a drama off the beaten path that's not just, like, a weird, you know, romantic Mm film. Warren?
2: Piggybacking off of what Lars had said earlier about how, like, this there's a lot of comedic moments or at least moments that could be presented as or, uh, perceived as comedic.
1: I certainly laughed a lot. Yeah. yeah uh, know.
2: so I, I would recommend this to anyone who th- is like a fan of like campy sci-fi movies. Cause I, yeah, like th- this is one of those movies where, uh, like even if it's, you're just watching it with like a group of friends, group of friends without really taking it seriously, which I don't think it should be taken seriously while you're viewing it. No. Um, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just one of those. It's like one of those quintessential like, uh, like sci-fi movies with the classic tropes that I think is very well done, very well played out uh, from start to finish with the, ex- the exception of like the the time jumps with the relationship. But uh, yeah, anyone who's just a, cl- a fan of like classic sci-fi, okay. um, I would highly recommend. Yeah, and I would say unless you are
0: overly squeamish um, I would recommend this movie to anyone as Long as you're not watching it alone. Like this is a movie that oh, I, think, I
1: watched it alone. I had a great
0: time. You had a great time uh, Yeah, I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as much had I not been watching this with I,
1: friends. I would bet that I would have enjoyed it more with people, but I watched it by myself Yeah, and I was laughing by myself. Okay. I We're, drank like six cups of coffee while watching it wow. Yeah well I made a whole French mm-hmm. press and then I offered it to Jamie and he was like oh I'm going to work And so I was like alright I'm going to drink this entire French press
2: definitely would not recommend eating while watching this movie no um, it's I mean I that's one of the I don't give a shit I'll eat during like any body horror <laughs> <laughs> parts cause, just cause I love food like nothing's gonna stop <laughs> nothing's gonna stop me from putting food in my mouth so yeah uh, just you fat piece of shit yeah <laughs>
0: Um, and finally, Juan, over the course of this movie, or not this movie, the taping
2: of this podcast, I, I don't know, right, basically all I'm just going to say is right now, pick whatever movie we're going to do next. Okay, we've been talking a lot about uh, Guillermo del Toro, um, and I have not seen The Shape of Water, you had mentioned it, so I feel like, I've not yeah, seen yeah it either. so following off, like, the trend of not, neither of you two having seen The Fly, and I've seen it. Um, I think it would be a great idea if we did The Shape of Water because I loved it, it. So yeah, let go rent it, it
0: Odd Obsessions. Right, let's do it. Yeah, or see if it's streaming anywhere.